and welcome back to Health Meets Home. I'm Lafina Diamandis and in this podcast we'll be exploring the fascinating relationship between health, housing and everything in between. And in this podcast today, I'm really excited to welcome my very special guest, our first TV celebrity on the show, Kunli Varka. Welcome, Kunli. What a wonderful, wonderful introduction. Thank you very much. I'm not sure about the um, the term TV celebrity, but um, I, I have been on TV once or twice, but um, not, I'm not quite a celebrity yet. But thank you very much. A lovely, lovely way to introduce me. You thank are you. very welcome. Well, Kunli, you've had an amazing career. And just for anyone listening who, who doesn't know you so well, um, Kunli's actually a property expert. He's a journalist and TV presenter. And you might recognise him if you're a fan of the TV shows Renovate, Don't Locate with Sarah Beanie, where Kunli's a co-host, and also ITV's Love Your Home and Garden, which is very relevant to the podcast today. But much more recently than that, um, I actually got to know Kunli a little bit better at Grand Designs Live this year because he was the Grand Theatre presenter and curator, weren't you, Kunli? Yeah, I mean, that was fantastic. Um, You know, it's been really interesting because I've been, you know, in property... Um, renovating homes, building them, helping people make the best of their spaces for you know almost fifteen years now, and um, you know you learn a lot and you see a lot doing that. Um, and what's been really great is that through doing the TV show with Alan and then with Sarah um, has allowed me opportunities like you know working with Kevin and, and you know for me Grand Designs Live is just you know it's a really fantastic show for me to be involved in because it allows me to use my the knowledge that I've built up to help people to to make changes in their home big and small you know some people are building huge um you know grand designs and other people are just changing bathrooms and that's yeah. great and that's fine and I love helping them with either of of those things and you know to bring in my contacts my, my friends like you <laughs> who, who, who you know very graciously agreed to help us out on stage and to do a talk which is not that dissimilar to what we're going to be talking about today. I remember, Not at right? all. Um, so that was great. And, that, you know, it's a really, really great show. Um, and, you know, I've been doing a lot of writing, so I write for Grand Designs. I've had a, a couple of... I do some writing for Architects Journal now um, and um, the Metro and I think there's something coming out. I did something for Closer magazine. <laughs> which, oh, really? Which I've not, read, read, I've not really read that before, I must admit, but, it, but my wife said, oh, yeah, you know, great, you should do it. It's fantastic. So there's something coming out in there and there's lots of, you know, on the lots of kind of online publications that I write for. Um, I did a piece, I think, which was published last week on um, front doors and colours and how you should look at front doors not as barriers as entrances or, or portals into your home and it was in a piece about whether uh, we could we should choose the next prime minister based on the, on the color of their front door oh. which is <laughs> which is quite interesting actually very yeah. interesting yeah yeah how um how did your career begin because you've obviously mounted a, a wealth of experience over the last couple of decades for the sounds of things how did it all start for you in a, in a kind of strange way, really, I was um, studying for a master's degree at university and um, my then bank manager um, for my student bank rang me and said, do you know that you've graduated, obviously, from my first degree, you can get what they call a graduate mortgage. I said, oh, really, what's that? Graduate mortgage, 100%, um, 100% mortgage. Um, and I was living in Leeds. And I thought, do you know what? I, I might use that. And I bought a, um, a five-bedroom terrace house in an area called Woodhouse for about £60,000 and then spent the summer kind of doing it up and I lived on the top floor and then rented the other floors out to people and that was my first, I guess, taste of kind of property or or doing anything, you know, with property and it kind of grew from there. Wow. And what was it that you most enjoyed about it? 
Um, the uh, I guess the challenge, and then actually kind of realizing at the end that you could kind of make something work. So the idea that you could sit there and say, I'm going to take this house and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then once that's done, I can do this and this is going to be my goal. And if I do this, this is going to be really great for me. Mm-hmm. All completely, I mean, you know, it was a bit bonkers when I think about it now because, you know, I, I just, you know, I was, I don't know, 20 years old or something and knew nothing about property. I'd probably painted my bedroom when I was probably 15 or 16 at home, a hideous colour probably. Sorry, mum and dad, but uh, I probably would have done that. Um, and, had, you know, had no experience. And, you know, had no real-life real, real experience in it. In, even, you know, the whole thing was new to me. Even buying the property, the process of buying a home was completely new to me. Um, and uh, let alone uh, varnishing uh, floorboards and... Um, I remember um, it took me three goes to paint the tiled fireplace. To, you know, when I realised I had to, there was a special paint that I had to use in order yeah. to, to get the right finish. Yeah. Um, but it's the best way to learn. Uh, unfortunately, um, the best way to learn is to is to to have a go and and learn by your own mistakes. Um, yeah, I think there's nothing like getting your hands dirty. You can outsource it later, but you you need to learn the ropes yourself, don't you? No, it's great, and it and it helped me. And that that kind of hands-on experience helps me. You know, even today we're at, we're at a project, um, quite a big new build project. But like, I understand how to wire a house. I understand how to plumb it. I mean, I could do it. It would take me a long time, <laughs> much longer than the professionals but I could do it and, and that kind of understanding of the job is I think um, paramount to anybody who's going to be successful in that in that role you have to understand and then you know when people are pulling the wool over your eyes when they're not because sometimes you feel they are but they're not you need to know be able to distinguish the differences and understand the whole the whole process yeah I really agree with you there and you, you've actually got your own uh, construction and design management company don't correct you? yeah so um, and we do lots of different things um, and um, you know from that we've got projects where we're helping people just redesign so it's more like kind of designing yeah really, interior designing their, their space making the best use of their space to building new houses um, renovating existing houses new kitchens new bathrooms extensions a lot of our work now it tends to be kind of uh, a loft you know up out or down or a basement yep um and a full house renovation so it's typically people our, our typical clients have just bought a house yeah and we're redoing it for them in the you know in in, in the way that they want yeah so. yeah and what about self-fills can of, of course at grand designs there's a big focus on self-fills um do you do many of them, or do you do you advise on anything like that? Yeah, we do. I do, and I, that more is the media side. So it's more of my writing for Grand Designs magazine, working with Grand Designs Live, and we have this thing, you know, that, this kind of self-build revolution that we're kind of trying to drive. And the re- part of the reason for that is this terrible situation that we're in with housing in the UK. Mm. You know, where they say like uh, one in three millennials will never be able to buy a house. Um, you know, 20 years ago, which is quite interesting. So 20, Grand Design is a show, the TV show is 20 years old. So when Kevin first graced our screens, about 10% of young people, that's between 26 and 35, mm-hmm. yeah, 10% of young people couldn't afford to get on the housing ladder in their local area. 20 years later, that figure is now 40%. So that's 40% of people can't get, in, you know, get on the housing ladder in their own area. And it's just, it's a terrible situation. And 
um, for lots of reasons, you know, way too many for us to go in, into now. But, the, you know, the real reason is people should be able to afford to live relatively closely to where they want to work and where they mm. want to live. And, and, and they can't at the moment. Mm. And it's almost like, this, this, you know, we're creating this almost like a feudal system where we, you know, we've got, you know, a, a, a strata of society who can who can do that and then the others who can't. And, and it's not even based on... It's not really feudal, actually. That's not quite right because it's not even based on on you know the the socioeconomic background because you can be very good you could be like you know a graduate lawyer or something and still not afford to live in london because it's just so crazy yeah exactly um, exactly what it that problem is a far far-reaching problem that we need to do something about it's going to take a kind of generation to make it right but one of the interesting things is that you know this is a strange phenomenon that you may not be able to afford to buy a house, but you can maybe afford to build one. And, and people don't really understand that sometimes. And it's a part of the work that we're doing now, particularly at Grand Designs Live, is to explain what that means and how, how, that, how that works. And a really simple, really simplistic way of trying to explain to somebody is that you know a developer takes a premium. They have a profit margin. Now, if you build the house yourself, you keep that. You can put it back into your home. Mm. And that's why actually building a house... It makes sense when you think about it. Of course, building a house is cheaper than buying one. Otherwise, nobody would build them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. they need to make money, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it makes sense. So that's what we're trying to explain to people. Um, when we when we did uh, Grand Designs Live, I had this theory. And I said to Kevin, look, you know, what we need is some kind of roadmap to self-build. Yeah. So we need to show people how, to, how do you do it. And, you know, it's just a process, much like buying a house. The difference is if you go, if you're in a pub with your friends or maybe a dinner party, maybe Lafine, I don't know. Do you go to pubs? I do. There you go. So pub or dinner party, let's say pub then. You're in your local pub and, you know, somebody around you says, in your group says, I'm going to buy a house. Can anybody help me? Everybody puts their hands up and they say, yeah, yeah, tell you what to do. You know, you've got to do this, 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 this. Just a process, which is explained to them. They go away and they do that process. Yeah. Same party. Same group of people, same pub, and you say, I'm going to build my own house. Everyone sort of looks at you and like, you know. Turns for light. <laughs> yeah, like, what, what are you doing? That's crazy. You, you, you've got to be a millionaire or, you know, you build it, you, you know, you'll lose all your money. And actually, it's, it's a longer process, admittedly. It's a more expensive one, admittedly, and it has more risk, admittedly. But it's just a process. Mm. You know, you can, we can show people how to find a plot, how to finance it. We know people who run crowdfunding platforms. Funding of, of, of new build is really exciting, or self-build is really exciting at the moment. We can teach them how to use, which consultants to use and which not to use, how to cut them costs, how to procure it in the right way, minimising all the risk, even if at the end of it, how to sell it if they wanted to, to sell it. And it's that's the kind of that's the kind of goal of yeah. uh, of what I'm trying to do in the wider sort of space. But interestingly, you know, there's a there's a kind of um, a synergy there between what I think and what Kevin thinks and everybody else at Grand Designs who, who work behind the scenes to make the show the live show happen. And we're really focusing on that. And it was a really successful show this year in May and uh, we're really looking for we're already planning looking forward to October when we're up in um, the NEC yeah in yeah it's going to be amazing I mean it's so important what you've said people almost just need a checklist because we know that how in inverted commas easy it is mm-hmm. but it's only easy when you know how exactly, right yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at least when you know how to how to find advice I mean a lot of medical friends that I have you know when it comes to property investment they say oh, but I don't know how to do it, I haven't got experience, I haven't got money, I haven't got whatever. And I say, well, just compare it to a startup. If you were 
going to start a startup, then you're not going to expect to fund it yourself. Money's no. just a resource, so you've got to find that money. You've got to find the way that that works to inject into your business, whether it's seed funding or you go to a VC or, or, or whatever. And it's the same with property in a way. I mean, you you ran a, a fantastic panel, which I missed, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but it was the, the house that funds itself or something yeah, like it's, that. This is a, a kind of idea that we're touting around at the moment. I think it would make a really good TV show. So if there are any commissioners listening there, yeah. outside, you know, this is this is the next big TV show. And it's yeah. called, um, you know, it's, something, it's called The House That Pays For Itself. That's it. And the, the idea for that was uh, was a kind of extension of what we've already been talking about, this roadmap to self-build, the work that I was doing at Grand Designs. And I kind of thought, actually, you know, not only is it relatively easy to do it and cheaper, what if we turned, we, we showed people, lift the veil on property development and showed people how to become mini-developers just for one cycle, as we, you know, we, mm-hmm. one development cycle. So, in essence, what if they had a plot and instead of building one house, built three? Mm. Could they sell two of them and with the profit pay for the third, ergo, at the end of it, live in a house that was for free, that effectively had paid for itself. Mm. Very simplistic idea. Um, sounds crazy, but it's not, because that's how developers work. It is that's indeed. How they, that's, how, that's how it works. That's the, that's the commercials or the, the economics of a development. That's how it works. There's always money left over. It's their profit. Yeah. Instead yeah. of having money left over, you put it... You pay the mortgage off in your house. Um, and it could be really an interesting way of thinking about it. And there's lots of things to do with with kind of development um, in terms of, um, you know, making the most out of plots. So you might buy a plot with existing planning permission for a big five-bedroom house and lots of ground. Well, actually, maybe I don't need five bedrooms. Maybe I could make two with three, but then build two two-bed units over here and maybe I landscape it in a way so it's kind of separate. So once I've sold it, you know, different entrances. There's lots of things that you can you can do actually yeah, to yeah. increase the you know in, to increase the uh, commercial viability of being able to build your own your own home. So that's the, that's the kind of idea in a nutshell, really. Fantastic. So the other thing I really wanted to to bring up today was the theme of the show this year, Grand Designs, mm-hmm. was just absolutely fantastic because it had all the, you know the usual areas of interest, but it had an added layer which for me was very important, which was health and wellness. Absolutely. I mean, that is, you know, the guys at Grand Designs. Um, so the live show is um, is operated by a slightly separate company from this not really the TV show, yeah. although Kevin's heavily involved. And these guys work pretty much round the clock thinking about what, you know, should be... You know, I like talking about property, but sometimes I go to meetings or I'll meet them out and I'm like, oh, come on, guys, can we talk about something else? Yeah. <laughs> they are, they live and breathe, you know, this Grand Designs live show, and which is why it's so good. And it was really interesting to see um, that this is something that, you know, they've decided that is that should be brought to the forefront. And, you know, and we, we're in the industry, we know... It is, there's so much writing about this now. There's so many theories about this right now. There are so many events going on, and yeah. particularly in architecture as well, which you've been very heavily involved in lots of yeah. events at the moment. Um, you know, the importance of buildings, the, the way we're designing our buildings, our cities, our urban spaces. Um, there's a lot around wellness and the impact that has on people socially. And also, from the public health point of view, actually linking to social outcomes, housing to social outcomes, which is... It's been known for a very long time. There's a very strong correlation between where you live and your health. Um, but 
perhaps we're not going sort of that deep into things and grand design's life, but... No, but it starts, it's got to start it's everywhere. Good. And it starts by people like, and that's what's so great, with, you know, what they do at Grand Designs and, you know, all the people behind the scenes and, and Kevin as well. They're really heavily into it. And this was, you know, something that they wanted to push. And when I saw it on the schedule, I was just like, yes, 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 this is exactly what we should be talking about. Yeah. And we talked about it on lots of different levels. So we talked about it from, um, I guess, the, your physical health. Yep. So yeah. the impact that the building materials we're using in the in the fabric of the building, what what impact is that having? Yeah, yeah. On your on your on yeah. Your tell health. us a bit about that. So there's you know there's lots of architects out there um, who will only specify non petrochemical substances to go into the fabric of the building. So mm. obviously that, those are those are products that are made. Um, Petrochemical product is, is one that's made as a byproduct of making of, of processing oil to make um, petrol or gas or whatever you know, yeah. um, and they're everywhere. So they are in our uh, particularly in that rigid insulation, Celatex. You know the foam back insulation. Now that is obviously because of the the, the push towards making houses more efficient and more uh, lowering their carbon footprint. That is mm. in everyone's house now. You know, pretty much. it's all over my house, in my roof, in my floor, in my walls. There is some research to say that these, over time, these materials release gases into the uh, into the home, and nobody knows the effect of those gases on our health mm. at the moment, um, which is a worrying, worrying thing. Um, so there are lots of architects now, lots of new building techniques where they're looking at off-gassing and looking at using different materials, so natural materials. So there was a company that uses for insulation, they use fleece instead yeah. of, uh, or, or you can use straw or hempcrete and there's loads of different things that you can use now. Some of these are ancient building yeah. uh, materials that were used, you know, hundreds and yeah. hundreds of years Yeah, I remember you built showing me some of that at the show, Yeah, actually. so the guys at Ubuild, great example of that, yeah. you know, they, they're using a, um, a fleece, you know, uh, you know, which is just... Well, I think it's Welsh wool. Welsh wool, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mum! <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic, you know, yeah. and, you know, it, it, and it's really good. So, there's that side of it. Then there's, you know, um, the um, paints, obviously. Yeah. Release gases. Yeah. yeah. And, the, you know, that new paint smell that we all kind of like. Some people love that, don't they? I do love that. It gives it's others a headache. Probably not great for you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's probably I mean, not probably, that good for you. Yeah, probably not great for you. So there are now, I think Crown now do a range of paints that don't have those chemicals in it. Um, is it CFs they call them? I can't remember. CFCs? Or? No, so no. CFCs. There's a there's a name for it anyway. Mm. Yeah, um, and um, they're low. They're low. Well, they have zero of these chemicals, mm. in them. And, they're, and they're not much more expensive either. So it's not like you're paying a premium for that. Um, the um, adhesive that you use to stick tiles down or flooring down again, you can get um, low chemical versions of, of those. So there's lots of you know those things, and then you're seeing like more natural products coming back into fashion. So Cork coming back into fashion. Also, cork's a great insulator as well. Fantastic insulator, great flooring material. That's coming sustainable. Doesn't you know off gas? Just you know if it's that's if it's, if it's processed in the correct way. And that's fantastic. So you know things like that are coming back. Um, things like bamboo, but natural materials are coming back into the to the frame. So yeah. that's one side of it. That's so. How does it affect you physically? Then I guess the other side of it is how does it affect you, I guess, emotionally, yeah, in terms of how you move around the house, how bright is your house? So there's, you know, need lots of light, lots of bright, natural light. There's lots of research showing you the effects of, 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 of sunlight 
on, on mood. Yeah. It's very simple. I mean, yeah. we all know that. That's why yeah, we feel we happy when it's sunny. You know, there's a reason for that. Um, you know, it, it, it helps us, in, you know, more than I about it, but it, you know, it helps you, is it vitamin D that it helps you produce? Sunlight? Yeah, sunlight yeah. does. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Yeah. But it's heavily linked to your circadian rhythms as well. So, you know, just... Um, helping you to stabilise your sleep cycle mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. It's, it's vitally important to be getting enough light in the daytime and also not to be looking at a blue screen very late at night. Lots of <laughs> no, 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 you're right. There's lots, um, of, lots of talk of, of that around. So there's lighting and the yeah. biodynamic lighting and that yeah, sort yeah. of thing now that people are using in their homes, isn't there, uh, to kind of help to mimic a more natural cycle. No, exactly. And, the, you know, if you have a, especially if you're doing a self-build, you know, use a good architect and they'll look at the, the way the sun moves in relation to your property, and they'll design it according to that. So they'll say to you, put your rooms, uh, your bedrooms here, because in the morning, that's when you want some natural light coming in to give you that, to wake you up naturally. Yeah. In the evening, you want the light here, and there's lots of, um, quite interesting, lots of lots of new build properties are having, um, they're reversed, so they have the bedrooms on the ground floor for that reason. Now, the, the reason for that is a lot of the time, views are better from... Elevated positions. I see, I see. Yeah? It makes sense. So why do we have our best views in our home where we kind of spend a fraction of the time and most of the time that we spend in there, our eyes are closed? Why do we have the best views in there, right? <laughs> when you put it like that, it's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? No, exactly. So that's why, you know, that's why they're doing that's why they're doing that. And that's why and it's just lots of these things coming through and it's all linked, you know, people you know, they you know, they might think you know, well-being is just one of those buzz phrases and stuff, but it's not. It's so it's so important, and if it, it doesn't, it is it, literally it does not. There's not one person it doesn't affect. Um, what, why do you think people are more interested in that now in housing? Because I, I I definitely hadn't noticed that as an interest say five years ago. Uh, education. I mean, you see well-being everywhere now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all about yeah. sort of lifestyle, well-being, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. well-being, and what we eat, how we're exercising, yeah, yeah, yeah. when we're living. But now it really is invading the property. Yeah, and it's just education, and it is just it's it has to go up a certain. It's almost like one of those Maslow hierarchy of needs type things, right? Yeah. So you have to satisfy the one below before you move up, right? I can't remember what the bottom one is. I think it's heat or something or shelter, and then you go <laughs> yeah. to food, and then you go and then you go into the next room. This, yeah. you know, about your well-being. Yeah. But, that's kind of what happened with well-being. So we started off with, what do we eat? We started off with work, the work environment, you know, from the simple things like the seats we sit on and, you know, these desks that rise up and down. You see them in lots of buildings now. They weren't there yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. And as we do that, every, you know, gets into meditation, yoga, and, you know, having a bit of mindfulness, nice. all this type of thing. And then you're like, well, what next? And the next obvious thing was our home. It makes sense. So now everybody's talking about that. And interesting, bringing in lots of theories from the East, like feng shui and all these different theories about how rooms are set out and how you move. Sort of flow through the property. Exactly, and all of these things. And, um, you know, even from the work that I did on with Alan Titchmott on Love Your Home and Garden, understanding or seeing the difference it made when there was a lovely link, um, a, a kind of coherent design between house and garden and and how you bring you know bring the garden into the home uh, metaphorically by opening spaces up so you can move to them but also physically by bringing plants into your home to see the difference that that made on a property is just absolutely you know stunning and i'm sure you know that you know there's lots of research now about you know the difference in your air quality for example having just one or two plants in your front room can 
I can't, there's a couple that they said were the best, but you know, it's, it's almost 40% cleaner. Wow. It'll make your ear 40% cleaner in your front room just by having a plant in there. That's a crazy So these are all these things that are all kind of coming, they're all, everything's coming together. We you know people being educated better. Um, you know, there's more on the television, there's more people writing about it in, um, like Helen Davis from The Times and there's yeah. lots of people in Bricks and Mortar. And they, they, all these guys are writing about the li these links and we're all understanding, understanding them much more now. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a lot going on in terms of the, the materials that we can use in our homes, um, the design of our homes, and even even things like colour, which we can maybe talk about yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. But what about, um, you've got you know, so much experience in construction, I just, I just want to pull that out of you. <laughs> okay. What about modern construction methods? Is, is there, what's going on in that area in terms of building more sustainably or building more healthily? How does that affect us? Yeah, so, you know, modern techniques mean that we can build more healthily as an end result so we can yeah. produce a, a space be that a commercial space or a residential space yeah. that is much more healthy for people so encompassing all the things you've already talked about um, including how they move through it the amount of light that's in there the amount of control you have over the environment heat moisture you know all these things mm. that we, we're able to control now make for a, you know for a healthier environment um, Modular building techniques are really interesting for me as a as a as a constructor as, as such, because there is an, a, a well-being element that we you know that is important. It's the well-being of people building, and by taking the construction away from site, you're mitigating a lot of the risk to people's health in terms of having accidents. And so there's way less accidents yeah. when you go to a, a modular building. And just to explain modular build for anyone who's okay, not yeah. familiar. So a modular build is, well, there's two types, there's modular or off-site build, right? It's the same thing. It's kind of prefab, really. You know, the, and the idea is that the, 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 the fabric of the building is somehow constructed in effectively in a factory and then brought to site. So um, an off-site build is something where you would, if you imagine a room being a series of uh, four walls and a roof, or ceiling, um, that they would be constructed in their, you know, those five parts would be constructed in a factory, brought to site and kind of bolted together or fastened together. And that's more what they call off-site construction. Um, the full modular is that they will um, they will make the entire pod, as it were, so if you think of a room or even the entire house sometimes, mm. off-site, all of your services, decorated, even the furniture in place, um, and then bring it to site and then crane it into position bolt it in, connect the services up and do that four or five times if it's a home or maybe 170 times if it's a hotel. <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm looking with a client at the moment about building a 170 room hotel really? in that way, which is, which is fantastic. And the, 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 um, the, the potential um, um, uh, fabricator that we're talking to has said to me that they can do this. And I said, well, is it all going to be finished? What's it going to look like inside? I said, listen, once it's finished, the first time you go into the room, you go in there to lay the bed. You know, it's everything's done. You know, the TV's in position, which for some reason was the one thing that I found amazing that the television was there and hung. And <laughs> Televisions, the, yeah, it's got yeah. love your home and God. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So that's you know, so 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 obviously the issue we have in this country is that we had a we have a, a pretty bad hang up on modular, which is probably why they changed the name from prefab, because post-war we built lots of prefabricated homes to, for obvious reasons. There are only men who live or will be around for 10 years or 15 years. Some of them are still there now, and yeah. they're incredibly badly made. That's our hang-up. 
with them. But if you look to mainland Europe, um, particularly places like Germany, they've been doing what we call prefab or modular now or off-site. They've been doing that for hundreds of years. It's just how they do it. Yeah, yeah. And when it's done properly, it's fantastic. The life expectancy is quite long. <laughs> they're no, you know, they're no different. You know, we even even at the moment with this 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 project, I'm working with a client. Um, we're talking to um, the end users for the hotel, so the people that will operate the hotel. And they're you know they're asking questions like you know. You know, you know, how long is it going to last? Or is it structurally safe? Is it fire? But yes, of course, it's no different. You know, just you literally have to think of it like instead of some guy, yeah, or lady, um, you know, bolting all this together and putting plasterboard up and insulation in on site in the rain. You know, it's just all done in a factory and brought site. Absolutely no difference. That's amazing. And what about cost-wise? Because I imagine a lot of people might like to build using using modular but cost is always a factor isn't yeah, it yeah cost is a factor it isn't you know it's not necessarily cheaper mm. but it's quicker so it depends so you kind of save on the exactly labor time. exactly so you're saving on labor mm. i think you're mitigating a hell of a lot of the risk in construction so having been around construction so many times so, so many years sorry a lot of the issues that arise arise in that kind of build cycle you know, and they can be as simple as somebody's forgot to put in the ducting for the washing machine or, or for the tumble dryer or, or, or the extra point for the fridge or whatever it is. All of these things are almost eradicated by doing it in a modular way because it's all controlled. It's in a controlled environment. Yeah. Um, and that is, for me, one of the benefits of it. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I'm I'm really excited about modular as well. I just think it's amazing. And actually, at the the Grand Designs live show this year, um, I was speaking to the U Build people, and they were showing me some of their case studies. And one of them was a young couple that had actually, I think maybe they were on the show on the TV show too. Who uh, Roxy, Chris and Roxy? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and you know, and one of the other things is so so people are saying, oh, you know, with with modular or with off, you know, does that mean I have less? So they were saying to me. Look, Here's the myths with with yeah. should we bust some myths. Yeah, let's yeah, do some myths. Just myth bust the myths. Yeah. Okay. But myth one. Myth one <laughs> is this. Well, I have less choice in the design of my hand, the way it's gonna look, because it's modular or, f- or fabricated off site. Yeah. Uh, that's just not true. Um, you know that misconception is because they think, oh, it's just a series of boxes. Well you look at any home, apart from some elaborate Beautiful home in you know in, in the Can Hills or something you know the, the house the house of bulls I don't know if you've seen that, that property <laughs> which is all made of all these round spheres which is incredible. Apart from that house, all houses are basically a series of boxes, rectangles, and uh, and squares yeah. stacked on top of each other. So you have as much choice as you would, you know, with with, with the other thing. Um, the next question is you know oh well you know it, they're not as sturdy or they won't last as long. That's myth number two. Just not true. You know, just not true. If anything, because you are able to have a bit more of a guarantee in terms of the structure, how it was put together, they probably will last longer and better than a traditional form of construction. Mm. Okay? Uh, Myth three. Um, Oh, God, they look awful. Don't they look awful, these, these, these modular prefab housing? Well, no, they don't. And I think the reason that came to my head is because that house, the new build house and Chris and Roxy's house, was absolutely stunning. That's fantastic, they, isn't it? They clad it in this lovely black timber and it looked, you know, it was a, a wonderful piece of architecture, a wonderful piece of, yeah. of self-build. 
Um, and the beauty of, of, of most modular builds now is that um, they can come to you in whatever format and then you can just face them in whatever you want, be that a cladding like they did there. You can face them in brick slips. So there was somebody that I spoke to recently who runs a modular company and I was, was chatting to him about doing some work together. I was looking on, on his website and I said, oh, just tell me, you know, which one, which one of these houses, which one of these are modular? And he said, they all are. I said, really? And you just can't tell because they're all... They all, so brick slip is basically where you take a brick and you cut a, sli a sli slither from it. And it allows you to face the front of the house, almost like a kind of brick tile. But when you look at it, you can't tell that it's not an actual brick. Right. So it looks like it's done in a more traditional way. But if you want that kind of Swede, Scandi kind of forest look where it's kind of render and then, and then you know, larch or birch or something, you know, cladded, then you can go for that as well. You know, it's up to you. But the, the, the point is that myth that they look a certain way is, you know, is, is not true. I think if, you, um, if it's done correctly and there were... It was, you know, two houses next to each other. Yeah. You, you, you're probably too young to remember this, but the Pepsi Challenge. Which is, do, you that? Do, you remember? do you remember something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. The Pepsi Challenge. You would take. I would get. I would guarantee that. You know, if you took the Pepsi Challenge of that, if I, if you said to them, which one of those is uh, is 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 a modular, or which one of those is 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 traditional, that at best it would be fifty fifty. You know, you know, that's what you'd get because you you just can't tell when you no. look at them now. No. So those are the three self-busting myths. Three self-filled myths. Um, we'll we'll try and post some links with this podcast to the photos of the properties we're discussing. Yeah, Because absolutely. it is very interesting yeah. and hopefully inspiring to a lot of people as well too. I think it's great because particularly that that you build system. I went to so the the, the architecture company is called uh, Studio Bark and the system that they met is called U Build. And I went to their office to meet them mainly because I didn't really believe what I was hearing. I just I can't believe this is true. <laughs> And I went there, and sure, sure enough, they have invented a system of building houses by using a series of ply boxes that all come flat pack, and that you just need a mallet to mallet them together, and you stack them one on top of the other. And you know, all the questions: is it is it fireproof? Is it is it structurally sound? I said yes. In fact, it's so structurally sound that the ply that they're using, if, when you line it up in the correct way, means that there's hardly any, any internal steelwork needed. So you can get this true open plan feel. So if you if, if you watch back that episode of um, the Chris and Roxy's episode of, yeah. um, of, of Grand Designs, The Street, you yes, see the street. that it's just completely open in the middle. There's no structural steel in the centre to brace the building because it is just so It's just so amazing. Strong. It's just absolutely amazing. You've, um, you've got... YouTube channel I have yeah, yeah. And, and and fair few videos now on mm -hmm, that what, mm. what kind of things can people expect well yeah I was some I, I thought I should do a kind of video mainly because it's easier and quicker than doing blogs yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. so I just that was my attraction to vlogging yeah. um and in the end I thought what should we write what should I be you know not write about what should I be talking about in these videos yeah. and I thought the more natural thing for me to talk about was the jobs I'm doing yeah. and so I kind of have this little camera kit that I take around with me everywhere. And when I'm on a site, if there's something interesting, I thought, oh, I'll do a little... And they're, they're all like a minute long. And that's all, you know. And it's just, you know, so I'll do videos from... I think the last one I posted was about a, um, a really, really small new build property or two new build... Um, two 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 bedroom new builds with basements that we're doing in Hammersmith on this incredibly tight site. 
which is really, really tricky. Um, and I did one, we were doing something for, um, we were we were doing a swimming pool for a, a, a client for a big house in, in Bedfordshire. And um, I think I did a, a video on the fact that we'd marked it out so that he could see exactly where the pool was going to be. And we're building a new pool house. So that it's that idea of, you know, like it's great seeing on a piece of paper, but you can see it in real, real life. And how do you how do you do that? And we learned that from, you know, when we're doing people's kitchens and things, we, we cut out pieces of cardboard or bits of paper to lay them out in square so people can see physically on the floor the kitchen the kitchen layout and you know there's lots of other things that we, you know that we post as well oh, i think it's fantastic because it's it's just like having a little little bird's eye view of what you know the life of Kunli in in these projects live and you get you get so much knowledge and yeah so many great tips actually i think so yeah and i think that's what it's all about if there's anything it's all about kind of you know uh you know you know, the phrase that they use in, in, in TV industry is take home. You know, take it's home, kind of like, yeah. So it's like, you know, what, you know, and that's anything I do or say or write or, you know, I, you know what you, the, the goal is that somebody looks at that and finishes it and says, hmm, that's interesting. I can change this or I can do that or I should explore that more. And, and, that's, and that's what it's all really about and on the, the YouTube channel as well there's some there's some little interviews that I did with Kevin as well which is great on, on self-build and there's a little behind the scenes one which I watched the other day I hadn't watched it since we did it and it's just quite funny um, because they were asking me you know what sort of video should we do and we did one last year and I said well we did a very kind of straight you know this is hi I'm Kunli this is Grand Designs and this is, and which is great and you know showing people around and I kind of said oh can we let's do something a bit more informal like why don't you just follow me around for like a couple of hours <laughs> and that's all they did yeah. and there's lots of little bits in there that, you know me making a joke with somebody about champagne and then there's a bit where they, I'm you know they ask me they're just following me around I say oh look you know I'm, in 20 minutes I'm going to be in oh hang on a minute no 10 minutes we better go and then, I, and then we sort of rush off because yeah. I realised that I've only got 10 minutes to get on stage but it was nice and it was a bit more back um, you saw a little bit more of me and other people backstage as well as you remember from when you came yeah, on yeah yeah it was fantastic it was um just a, a wonderful experience to be to be a part of something like that, and and as I said, just wandering through the show, the stuff that was jumping out of me. Mm -hmm. We had like Kevin's Green Heroes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had um, all of the different talks that you'd curated. So yeah. discussions about health and housing. The, yeah, yeah. The color, the the impact of color on your wellness. How did that one go? That was fantastic, actually, and it was you know it's something that. I'd kind of been aware of from some of the work that I'd, I'd, I'd done um, on Love Your Home and Garden with um, Titchmarsh. Yeah. And there was some talk on the properties that we, we did about the, the different certain colours can influence, even people that, with dementia can could help them to, to kind of remember things and go through them. Somebody was saying that, I hope this is true because I'm going to say it now, but, um, <laughs> that green requires the least amount of photoreceptors. So it's the easiest colour for you to perceive. Um, so it's a relax has a relaxing effect yeah. on you, and I know that there was some there was research I think by Dulux on on different colours and how that affects people, and having different colours in different rooms and seeing how that affected their mood and their general well being or their you know, their, their general attitude. Um, so there's there's you know there was lots there, and then when you bring that into a kind of interior design aspect, to so say okay, so what should we have in a bedroom? What colours? Should we have in a bedroom, or what combination of colours? Yeah. And I learned something actually. There was you may well know this, but there's something called a colour wheel, which I hadn't known. I hadn't known of this. That's right. Um, and you know, and the complementary colours are opposite each other, and you can see which colours you should mix and you shouldn't. And so it was really interesting, a really really interesting um, discussion. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, 
from the medical background, you know, we're always looking at things in terms of evidence-based or evidence-based medicine. So that usually requires, you know, quite large-scale, um, yeah. scientifically... Infrastructure, we can just make it up. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> so, you know, when we had this discussion a few months ago, I did. I was looking up as much as I could um, about colour and the impact it has yeah. on our wellness, on our mood. And I actually spoke to a friend of mine who's a neuroscientist, and I yeah. said, look, you know, this colour thing, is it is it true? And he said, he said yeah, it is. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. is. It, it, there's definitely lots of studies, yeah. which may not be large enough for us to say on a public health national level. You know, that, <laughs> Come on, you know, I want to get you on the record. <laughs> I want to get you on the record saying that green is the best colour to yeah, have in your house. Come on. I don't think we're necessarily going to cure anything, but I mean, <laughs> no. both subjectively and objectively, yeah. hey, we can definitely all, say it And also, one of the things I was, you know, you've got to tell people is, look, and also, you know, listen to what we say, we so-called experts, say the doctors and people like me yeah but do at the end what you want and if you you know yeah don't because I, if i say to you purple is a terrible color to put in your front room because it makes you feel bad but if it actually make if it makes you feel good you put it in that's it i mean currently i've got a canary yellow skirt which unfortunately i've subjected a lot of oh, what, people sorry? to canary yellow <laughs> skirt oh skirt i thought you meant like a skirting ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fashion sorry. for homes okay no, yeah and i i feel fa- i feel on top of the world when i wear yeah. that skirt i mean everyone has, Do you rock that skirt? has to wear sunglasses <laughs> but that's the thing look and you know and that, that is an important thing is that um and i always say to people i do a lot of talks about you know the top 10 ways to improve your home hacks and add value and i always yeah. say to people listen you are the expert about your when it comes to your home because you live there you've paid for it and you're going to continue to live there you know way more than I do about it these are just guidelines you know so do what you want so and that's I think that's a really important thing for people to take away and it's empowering them because that's where a lot of the fear comes from because they're wondering am I doing the right thing when they when they and when they understand technically there's not really a wrong or right thing it's kind of like how are you what's going to make you happier yeah, and if you do that, then it empowers people to to kind of start making changes to their home. That's it. So I guess to bring things to to a close, what sort of top tips might you have for people who they're either building their own homes yep. or they're they're just trying to refresh their current home, whether they're renting or whether they own? Any top tips in terms of you know stuff they can do to boost their their health and wellness in the home? Okay, so if you are if you're renting a home, plants. Yeah. Do some research. Get some get some plants into your into your home. Yeah, that one of the first things that will do is increase your air quality. And that sounds boring, but look, that's you know that's really you know important. Um, if you're renting, think about the places that you spend most time. What colours do you like? Think about using different colours, um, and not in a traditional sense. You know, think about mixing colours up. Think about having them. Um, not just one big wall, but in sections or even diagonals. You know, there's lots of things you can do. Use things like Pinterest and um, and House, the yeah, websites for inspiration. Um, and 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 don't be afraid to kind of adapt those to, to suit something that you like. Um, and declutter. I think there's a lot of re- we didn't really cover that, but there's some research. Oh, I on... love Marie Kondo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's some real research behind that though about yes. what it, the effect that it has on on your well-being. If only it's just that when you walk into a room that is nice and clean and decluttered, I'm not necessarily talking about making it look like it's just falling out of the pages of L decoration, but just, you know, you probably don't need 20 candlesticks on your mantelpiece, yeah, or like five poofs in your front room. Get rid of, get rid of, you know, keep one, keep two candlesticks. But that kind of thing, when you walk into a house, it makes you feel better, makes you feel 
it's pleasurable to Couldn't walk into a house. More. So so do those things, and then re, you know, and these are the things that you can do, you know, on a weekend, um, and it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money. Um, so that's what you do if you, you know if you're renting. If you're self building, um, think about the the materials in your home. What what your you know think about the 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 function of the materials that form the fabric of your of your home. Mm. Um, it may not always be possible or even plausible to change those particularly and that's okay but think about you know think about them um think about the layout think about the spaces that you need how you move through the property um and 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 make sure you control those as, as much as possible and think about the garden the link to the outside space the link to light where the light comes and goes how do you you know harness that in at the times that you think you'll need it more yeah Fantastic tips. Kunli, thank you so much no, for coming down to the pod today and being on the yeah, show. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, finally, how can people find out more or get in touch for, for any of your, your, your business services? Yeah, so, I mean, there's just one single website, kunlibarker.com. It's all on there, um, everything I'm doing in terms of all my writing, my, my vlogging, uh, links to my other businesses. Um, it's all on that one um, lovely, well-designed resource. Fantastic. And does that have details as well of your um, your next talks, your appearances? On it does. When I update it, which I will be doing today, actually, <laughs> just reminded me. I've not there's a few things I need to update on there. But yes, it has. It should. It, in theory, it has everything that I'm doing. Brilliant, Conley. Thank you so much. Thank you. And to all our listeners today, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do um, give us a review and subscribe to make sure that you don't miss out on the next episode of Health Meets Home.